Hello, welcome to the Detour Live. Uh, we're 12 stages down in the Tour de France, uh, and I'm joined, as always, by a four-time national road race champion. He started the Giro, never did the Tour, but he's now a professional uh, punter for the Tour de France. Uh, you didn't get the winner last night, though, Johnny. No, no, no. Uh, he's surprised, but gee, what a win. I was barricading for him just the same, even though I didn't have any money on him. And you're very proud of the title in your Geelong Addy uh, with Mark Hershey, the stage winner. What was the title of your, your piece? Hershey Takes the Chocolates. Oh, mate. Brilliant. <laughs> you're such a wordsmith. Yeah, uh, thanks, Sam Edmund, for that one. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Now, we're joined, as always, by Michelin Scott Sports Director Matt White. Whitey, where are you guys starting today? I actually haven't looked at the map. Uh, mate, I'm not... Chatel Guillon. Chatel Guillon. <laughs> and we started off with Wi-Fi issues. Can, can you hear us, mate? Town. <laughs> Town. <laughs> can you hear us, mate? He's in the car. He's, well, he's only oh, 15, no. he, he's only fifteen minutes from the start, so he's obviously jumping up the road in front. I think today he's in that car, but okay. uh, so they start in fifteen minutes. At yeah, right. Ch Chatel Guillon. Uh, oh, actually, here's the stage Palmer profile. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. got your back, Whitey. Can you hear us? <laughs> it, it looks uh, extra creepier with the mask, doesn't it? Can, can you can you hear us, Matt? No, we're, we're cutting in and out. Um, Whitey, any any luck, buddy? No? Um, all right. Well, that's that's not a massive drama. We've we've still got plenty of content to come, Johnny. Uh, uh, while you hopefully come back, Whitey while can you, reconnect. While you'll reconnect and uh, we'll have you up to him. Because so, so they're only 15 minutes from the start, which is one of the really tough days. I think it's got the most climbing uh, of any stage. I think it's something like... Four yeah. and a half thousand meters of climbing today, so it's a it's a very very tough day. That's that's a profile that riders would look at, particularly at stage thirteen, and cold sweats would be would be falling down their brow at the side of that, particularly when you've got a cat one finish after going over what cat one three two. I don't know who's going to be mopping up those sprint points in the middle, but. Uh, yeah, they're in for a rough one for sure. Now, um, also, uh, Michelin Scott guys had success in Torino, Iffy, with uh, Lucas Hamilton. Yeah, fantastic win and uh, uh, against class opposition. And his first uh, Grand, Grand Tour um, victory. World so Tour. Wonderful. World Tour, sorry. Yeah. I say Grand Tour. First World Tour victory, which is uh, uh, impressive. For a young man who's going to go, go a long way over the next – he's just starting to show the, the form that we all believed uh, that he would, yeah. Well, we've got a bit of vision of his victory and we caught up with him uh, earlier today. Man from Australia that brings it up and to the line for the Michelin Scott squad. He's going to get stage four. No one is going to stop Lucas Hamilton as he gets his hands in the air. The 24-year-old from Ararat is the winner. Congratulations on your win, mate. Must be uh, amazing emotions uh, given it's your first World Tour stage win. Yeah, I think uh, it, was a, it was a good day out. So, um, yeah, really happy. I think uh, it's always... Nice when you get a stage win mid-race, sort of uh, lightens the mood for the rest of the race, but uh, we're sort of four stages to go here, so a little while to go. Lucas, that uh, that was a pretty impressive win. Uh, Michael Woods is in great form, and you, you, you distanced him near the finish there. So I don't know much about uh, uh, Masnata, the, the, the Italian. It was, he, he looked pretty strong. Yeah, Masnata's uh, – I haven't ridden heaps with him, but he did the job last year when I was here. Really strong rider, um, and probably on paper he's he's faster than me. But it was it was a pretty hard, hot day, and the day before was also the same. So I think uh, when it comes down to that, it's um, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a lottery there in the finish. But I think I've been working a bit on my sprint, and it's always nice to win a two-up sprint because uh, you can quite easily it's a fifty-fifty, isn't it? I was going to say, how did Gatesy take the news that he'll be riding for you now? Uh, yeah, he's, he's not on the bus this morning, so I don't know where he is. 
I'm lucky to have so, him on my gates because, uh, yeah, he, he let us have opportunities there in the final. So it uh, always makes it easy when you when you got a leader like that. So I see you're now fourth on, on GC at, uh, what is it, 27 seconds. Y- Yates only a few seconds back in seventh. So what are the stages coming up? What, what, what have we got you ahead, ahead of you? Uh, today's today's the queen stage. It's the hardest one. Um, it's a hilltop. Um, the most metres climbing. So, yeah, today's probably going to be the, the GC, whatever it comes out of today, will probably stay the same until the, the TT on Monday. I reckon. Um, so yeah, it's uh, only gets harder from here at the moment. And uh, Lucas, did the fact that Adam Yates had the yellow jersey did that sort of flow on to the rest of the group and give everyone a, a fair bit of a buzz? Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone's had a pretty tough year this year, um, not just bike riders, but the whole world. And uh, obviously, with being in yellow at the tour, it adds a bit of morale to everyone. And uh, I think. We're feeling it here, and we're also going there to to the duo with uh, with a lot of morale and big objectives. So yeah, I think uh, everyone's in a good place. The worlds, are you you riding the worlds? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a pretty tough course, and with that sort of form you've got, uh, uh, you could you might have a pretty important role. Yeah, I think uh, obviously we haven't discussed it heaps um, at the moment. We we go in next week. Uh, oh no, two weeks from now. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough course. Uh, it's it's pretty punchy, so I don't know how much it'll be uh, um, a climbers climbers race, but it'll uh, definitely be a super select group at the finish there. And uh, you've got Michael Matthews riding, uh, who uh, coming back as a teammate for next year, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to have Blink coming back. Not, I didn't ride with him when I was here, but uh, yeah, it's nice to nice to have a guy like that come back. Uh, uh, one of the best Aussies um, there is, so it's uh, nice to have him join in the team. It, it sounds like that world title might be just a, a, a tad uh, too hilly for him, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'm sure he's uh, preparing himself to – I saw him in the break yesterday here, so um, I think it's going to be a bit of a – Guys like that may struggle to get over the, a climb like that, but I think if uh, if anyone can do it, it's probably it's someone like Bling. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see um, how the race unfolds. Oh, well, there's a, a lot to look forward to, mate. And, uh, yeah, there's still a fair bit of bike racing to go in, in Torino, yeah. and it's the Queen stage. So we appreciate you taking your time out on the bus, mate. Say g'day, g'day to all the boys, and we'll especially do. Lepage. Hopefully he's holding up pretty good. Yeah, he's holding up right. <laughs> he's a good man. And uh, hopefully you can find Simon Yates. He's, if he's not on the bus, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You might have caught sure a taxi. I'm sure <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. All the best. And uh, Bye, yeah, we'll, we'll check in again soon. Cheers, mate. Thanks, boys. Catch you later. Yeah, see you, pal. Bye. Now, Ify, this show is slowly morphing into uh, a punting episode because we're getting <laughs> smashed with people. Our mate Kirsty Baxter, did we get a tip? 25 minutes till stage start. Um, and then we had another interesting stat from Jamie Finch Penninger. Uh, 977 days since the last time an Aussie rider won a world tour race for Mitchell and Scott. Is that can you hear us? What is that is that correct? That's that? 977 days since the last time an Aussie rider won a world tour race for Mitchell and Scott. You there, mate? <laughs> I think, can you hear us? No, I think the internet's gone. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have but, to Google uh, that one. Who, who's your tip? <laughs> it's freaking me out. Who's your tip for tonight, Ify? Because the, the punters want it uh, earlier. Yeah. Already? They want it before the oh, stage okay. Um, oh, yeah. It's a t- I, look, I, I think Ro- Roglic. Roglic. Uh, yep. uh, the punters like Alaphilippe on top. Podjikar uh, is yeah, he's the favourite. He's the favourite. Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all, all the big hitters. But, I, yeah, we need to hear what, what he's got to say. Uh, a select group of, could get away of good climbers who aren't on GC. And if that's the case, I'm going to put Mikel Nevi. Yeah. As my, as my really good odds. Uh, I think Whitey's internet is, is pretty much cast. Uh, 
which is at least we're consistent on this show, Johnny. Um, we don't expect much out on the roads of, of France, but uh, geez, I can't wait for the 2021 edition when 5G kicks in <laughs> across the board. Well, I've been going well since uh, our, our friends at Telstra have helped me out with my uh, my dongle. What's it called? It's called a, a Nighthawk, Nighthawk M2. And since we've got that, no well, worries. Now, there's one guy that I know who's got really good internet because he's now based back in Girona, and that's Sam Bewley. Bewley's hey, fellas. <laughs> hey, here he is. <laughs> you've you've come at a great time, mate, because uh, the internet with Whitey was was pretty woeful and, and the track record we've had on this show hasn't been great. But it looks like, uh, mate, very smooth. And you've got proper audio. This is going to be a great little grub. Yeah, I was just watching, actually. I was waiting for my cue to come in and I was just following, seeing if Whitey, <laughs> we were going to get anything from Whitey, but we just had frozen <laughs> footage. So I thought I'll jump in and save the day. <laughs> well, that was just like your frozen footage of yesterday, mate. You were just there frozen for about, and Dan wouldn't take you down. So you're up there frozen for about two minutes. But oh, before stop. we go anywhere, before we go anywhere, how are you, mate? How are you feeling? Look, I'm a right, Effie. I'm a right. I, uh, I actually finally had a good night's sleep last night. I've been absolutely rooted since I had that crash. Um, haven't been able to sleep well. Obviously, I was extremely devastated, um, and I was sore. I, you know, the ribs are giving me giving me grief all the time. Uh, but last night, I managed to have a really good sleep. I slept 11 hours, and uh, I woke up this morning, and I said to myself, right, Jules, it's time to get your shit together. So I've wallowed in myself pity long enough. Um, Obviously, I'm still gutted not to be there, but uh, it's time to to move on. And, and I had some good news from the scans yesterday. I'm, I don't need to have surgery, which is great. So that sort of perked me up a little bit. Um, so yeah, now it's about I'm ready to focus on on uh, on healing uh, and and hopefully getting back on the bike for some races later in the year. So, so, so I was going to right. say, what was actually broken, mate? Because you said that you don't know surgery. So what actually was broken? Uh, so I've broken the, the radius, so I've got a cast on. So I've broken the, the radius down here somewhere, um, just just a break there. Uh, we had a we had that that showed on the X-ray straight away in France, and then I had a, a scan yesterday. Just to, the doctors wanted to check if any of the the little bones are broken or you know the, the scaphoid, which is always can be pretty niggly if that's broken, but um, no damage there. So we're just dealing with the fracture in the radius and. A couple of a uh, couple of broken ribs as well, but um, yeah, speaking with the team, the team doctors yesterday afternoon after this after the scan, basically they said we're not going to save any time by having having surgery, um, so there's no need to do it. I'll just be in the cast for three or four weeks, yeah, pro probably a month in the cast. But I've actually had a similar injury before a couple of years ago, and um, after two weeks, I was training back on the road with, with the cast on, so. Can make a few little manipulations to the cast, and hopefully, uh, if the pain's okay, and I can and I can break and, and handle my bike, I might be able to get back on the road with with the cast on in, in just a couple of weeks. Um, you look at the replay. I don't know if you want to see the replay, but we've got it um, of the actual <laughs> crash itself, and um, there really is nothing you could have done. Um, I've slowed down the vision, and it was just one of those really bad luck moments in the tour that as you can see you're on the left there but did you did you have any reaction time at all you, you pretty much couldn't do anything no i knew it was happening um I, I was aware that the crash happened on the on the other side of the bunch to me or in the middle of the bunch it looks like in that footage um and i knew i was definitely in the danger zone but i kind of i did have enough time to think oh, if i get to the grass if I get to the grass, I might be able to either skirt around it or at least um, if I fall on the grass, it's not going to be maybe as quite as bad as landing on the tarmac. And that's probably still true. Uh, we, we were going like 60k an hour at that point. So I think if I had landed on the tarmac, I would have been even even worse off. Um, so, yeah, I got to the grass and I, and I think there was – you can see in that footage that I just lost my front, front wheel. So there must have been a hole there or something and it just – threw me straight over the bars and I basically just ragdolled through a field. Um, and as soon as I, as soon as I landed, I knew that I'd, I'd done something. I was, I was definitely, you know, the, with the ribs, I was winded. So it took me a little few seconds, sorry, to get the, um, get my breath back. 
And then Chavez was there, and he I could hear him on the radio saying, oh, Sam's crashed bad, Sam's crashed bad. And uh, I sort of thought, oh, where's my bike? Maybe I can get going again. And in about three seconds, I was looked down at my wrist, and I was like, nah, and that's broken. <laughs> we heard the expletive, mate. We, we definitely heard the expletive. Yeah. Oh, I was and, frustrated, yeah. Sore and frustrated, Iffy. And obviously um, – the the hardest part would have been the at the hotel when you see your teammates and and like um, knowing that you're not going to race with guys like Adam Yates again, um, particularly after the first week that that you'd had. Yeah, mate, it was emotional. I was, I mean, when when I was uh, in the ambulance on the way to the on on the way to the to the hospital, I was all right because they'd given me some painkillers. So I sort of, you know, I was staring out the back window of the ambulance like. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like, I was sort of feeling all right at that point. And then they were, so they were like, oh, we'll be at the, at the hospital in half an hour. I said, oh, don't, don't rush. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, I, I mean, when I got to the hospital, I was there by myself. So sort of started to really feel the fact that I was out of the Tour de France and sort of holding back a couple of emotions at that point. Um, when I got back to the hotel, I walked in into the lobby and, and there was Matt White, Julian Dean and Matt Heyman and three guys that like mean a lot to me, you know, three guys that have had my back uh, for a long time and three guys that gave me the opportunity to be there. And I walked into the lobby and I just broke down. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't help it. I just, I just lost control and just, just broke down. And um, I was just so devastated to be going home. And then I was re- really sore that night. I, I went down to dinner with the guys. I wasn't there long because um, I was really just on the limit. And, yeah, I, I said goodbye to the guys that night and uh, I, I, I said to Adam, like, oh, mate, it's been an honour to to race with you for all these years and, and to defend the jersey, the yellow jersey in our last race together. And we, we were both a bit glassy-eyed, you know, like you could see we were both emotional but trying to be tough. Like, oh, no, we'll, yeah, no, you're right, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up soon, you know. But we were – it was emotional. Um was really emotional and then the next day when i had to leave i left early in the morning and that was that was pretty shit i uh, got on a train and sort of just staring at the countryside for for four or five hours on the way back to Girona. and um but yeah when, now that i've been back i'm feeling a little bit more upbeat about it i've had time to to reflect on the fact that you know even though it was a short-lived tour de france for me it was it was an amazing tour de france um you know we had the yellow jersey for 10 days uh, four days, sorry, uh, got to defend that. So, you know, a shame not to get to Paris, but when you look back on, on those simple facts, it was really a special, special 10 days for me. We've well, got a lot of support um, from the fans. Uh, Wendy Superfan says, hi, Sam, I'm gutted for you. Speedy recovery. Uh, Samantha says, oh, Sam, hope you're doing okay. And then, um, yeah, we've got more people just wanting Ify's tips. <laughs> I just I just got a message from Whitey. He said um, Esteban and Nieve are going to have a crack getting in the break. So there's uh, some inside info. But um, just on the Yates brothers, uh, you've you've raced with them since they joined the team back in 2014. Did you have an inkling very early on that these guys were were going to be pretty special riders? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really know who they were when they when they came to the team. Um, um, just because I don't didn't really have my finger on the pulse, I suppose, of under twenty three riders, but you could see straight away that they they were freaks, and they are they're absolute freaks. Those guys, um, and they're, they're they're different. You you know them, Jonesy. They're they're definitely different characters. They like to keep to themselves, and and they're really um, I don't know if we can swear on this on the show, but they're, 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 there's no bullshit about those guys. You know, they. They really, they're just focused on what they do. They're hard as nails. Um, and they're actually really cool guys to race with. Um, so I'm going to definitely miss racing with Adam. It's great that we've still got Simon with us next year. But, yeah, you can see that those two guys are um, incredible athletes. And uh, there's no surprise that Adam had uh, other options because I'm sure most teams in the Peloton would would be interested in having having one of those guys on their team. So, yeah, well, I'll definitely miss, miss racing with him. But, yeah, like I said earlier, it was a pretty cool way to go out in my last race with him. 
If he now, I was going to say, uh, Sammy, everyone's asking me uh, for my tips, but we've got one of the men who's right at the cold face, or has been. Uh, so, what, what do you reckon is going to happen today, mate? Yeah, I was just having a look at the stage uh, before I jumped on here. Actually, the this stage potentially we'll put it again. Will, there we, there you go. This stage will be potentially the hardest stage of Tour de France. Um, obviously, there's going to be a hell of a lot of people wanting to be in the breakaway. And with that climb starting, uh, that first climb starting only after 25k, there's no way that the breakaway will be gone by that point. Uh, I think that the, the big boys would be very lucky if that was the case. But uh, I think that the first, the first climb is where you'll see the breakaway go. And, and when you have a 10k climb at 6% like that, only strong guys make, make the breakaways. Um, so, yeah, the breakaway will, will go. The breakaway has a big chance of winning today. But then when you look at the final there, the, the the steepness of those last two climbs, um, the the GC guys can bring back a lot of time on those on those climbs. So although on paper it looks definitely like a breakaway stage, uh, it, it will all depend on how much leash they get given, and who's in that breakaway. You know, if there's guys in that breakaway that are uh, a little bit too close on GC for Jumbo's liking, they'll keep the breakaway close, and and then on that on those last two climbs, yeah, they they could pull back five or six minutes. So could go either way. Um, but hopefully, like Whitey says, if Esteban and, and Frosty are looking for the breakaway, then hopefully it goes to the line and, and one of those guys can finish it off. Um, now, Bills, uh, we we like doing a segment on this called the Detour DeLorean, where we flash back and we show some classic vision from uh, the old backstage passes. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Now, we, we've got heaps of content I could have, have chosen from. I was almost going to run – remember that Giro when everyone was cooked on the bus and we I think we played that Lean on Me or whatever and we weren't even trying to hide it? Yeah. Like we're, we're looking around the group and everyone's fried and we're like, do we have to play it up like you're all upbeat? Like let's just not shy away from the fact that everyone's cooked. But one of the funny things that we did um, at the Giro, and you had a big part because you were the commentator – was when they they wouldn't allow us to use vision of the race and they had all these restrictions and they didn't tell us. And the night before the Giro's to start in 2016, we we pretty much couldn't even film at the bus. And I remember just cracking it, going down to a toy shop and I said, oh, well, if that's how they're going to be, I'll just film the bloody stage with toys and we'll recreate it. Um, so I wanted to play um, the Planet OGE clip from 2016. Welcome to another stage of Giro d'Italia. Awesome crowds today. Here we are at the sign-on and it's Nibali, the shark. He looks hungry today. His teammates actually look a bit nervous. And here's Team Sky, fresh off the Death Star. And here is one of the favourites of today's stage, Gripple the Gorilla. And it's great to see Marcel Kittel embracing the Valon protocol with the onboard footage today. Righto, I've got Esteban Chavez here. How are you feeling about today's stage, mate? Si, mi amo Esteban. Tengo hambre. Team's looking very strong today. Whoa! What was that? I'm out of here! And here's the neutral start. In fact, I've started 10 minutes early. There's no sign of the gorilla or the shark. Oh, here he comes, the gorilla, dragging his feet behind. So, we have a seven-man break of the day. And looks like a mecap is just sitting there and waiting for the others. And the halfway point in the race, the Tesco Tuna Chunks Tower. Have you had your chunks today? So apparently the mecap didn't adopt to aero position, so was flicked with 20k to go. Whoa, huge crash, huge crash. We see the bike footage there. And slow motion shows it was a stray horse. How many times do we have to tell you guys, you bring a horse to a race, put it on a leash. It's like bringing a shark to a swimming pool, guys. Think about it. And here's the Australian champ making his way back to the peloton. Poor Meekat. He gone from the brake straight to the broom wagon. And a heavy-footed sag wagon driver, Meekat's gone straight to the asphalt around Sparagus Corner. Hell of a day. They are lining out for the sprint. And Gravel hits out early. And here comes Caleb and oh, he's hit the finish line and the shark has been wiped out. And the replay shows Greipel's winner by a short hat. And Greipel celebrating with his teammates. Great to see the meerkat there in support. I hope you enjoyed the commentary. We'll see you in the mountains.
<laughs> there's, there's no future for us as commentators. <laughs> I thought it was that. I thought the opposite. I thought uh, you did quite well. You slipped in the sponsors there, and um, no, I thought thought it was a pretty good production. I loved Hippie. I loved Hippie's appearance. He came in with some real energy, eh? Oh yeah, and then uh, the, we did the next episode in the in the mountains, and uh, it was all about pronouncing the last name Mez Gets uh, with uh, Esteban. But um, yeah, now that that was a obviously a, a pretty good Giro because uh, Esteban obviously finished second that year, almost won it. Um, but w- looking back at your time with um, the team, would would the first ten days of this year's tour be right up there? Would that be your highlight of of your experience so far? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, to have the yellow jersey at the Tour de France, and we, we spoke about this on the social distance podcast with um, with with Imps the other day about how how much you need the stars to align to get the yellow jersey in the Tour de France. You need to obviously have a course that suits that suits the riders you have. Um, you need to have the the form, uh, the condition to be able to, to be able to be there. And with Adam going for the trying to win the basically the second stage, put him in that position to 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 take the yellow jersey. Um, so yeah, I mean it's the biggest biggest bike race in the world. It's the most decorated jersey in cycling. So it's definitely is a, a huge highlight for me to to be on the front of the peloton. Um, and like we spoke about on that podcast of the day, Jonesy, like you know you don't forget the teams and you don't forget uh, the yellow jersey wearers. As, as the years go by, you always remember remember them, you know. So it was definitely a huge highlight. I guess the fact that I'm not there anymore and I'm not going to Paris sort of puts a bit of a dampener on on it. But I, I still have I'll, I'll have carry very very fond memories um, with me from that Tour de France. But uh, at the moment, it still feels like a box half ticked. So yeah, very very special ten days. Um, but I just ran a bit short on 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 the ultimate goal, I guess. Um, now, sorry, mate. Right, John. No. I was no, going to say because you've been on the ground. Um, what's the go with the the GC contenders? Like, there's a few that don't look to be at the same level as previous years. Like, but uh, for guys like Banal, are you expecting him to really light it up in that last week? Given obviously Ineos and their experience. Yeah, it's tough because. You know, obviously, given the fact that we had that cycling was on pause for four or five months, there was no real form guide come into this Tour de France. I mean, yeah, sure, you had the Dolphin and a couple of other races um, prior to the Tour, but guys' guys' preparations were so different uh, with with the lack of racing. So you you can see it, it in the first in the early part of the Tour who's who's good, but it's really hard to predict who's going to be good in the last half of the Tour. Uh, a lot of people will, will get better. I, I suspect Bernal will be one of them, um, and a lot of guys might might sort of start to tail off in the last week. So it's going to be really really interesting. Uh, the, la- the especially this weekend. Now we're in the Alps, and then and then the uh, the final week of the tour. So yeah, at the moment it looks like Primoz is definitely in the in the pole position. Uh, I think Bernal will definitely get better uh, and and start to challenge challenge him more in the, in the higher mountains. But also Podjakao. Um, I mean, he lo- he lost a minute there in the crosswind stage uh, early on in the tour stage seven or eight or whatever it was. Uh, if he hadn't have lost that minute, he he'd be really nipping at the heels of of Roglic right now. And and you can see in the mountains, he's he's as good, if not better, than anybody else. Uh, he's a young dude. He's not afraid to to have a go, which could also which could also be to the detriment of him uh, if he if he keeps on attacking like he is he may he may feel the feel the effects of that in the last week but you saw in the welter last year where he finished third as a as a 20 year old or whatever that maybe doesn't seem to affect him too much so uh he's got a lot of time to claw back but i wouldn't be discounting him at the moment either so yeah it's going to be be a very interesting final week um of the tour with 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 for all those reasons I reckon Sunday stage will be a real decisive today. As you said, there's a lot of climbing, but most likely a break will go. And the, even though it's a, 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 a summit finish, it's not 
as steep as Sunday. Sunday, Grand Colombier, it's a monster of a, of a climb, finishing at the summit. So I reckon that will decide a lot. And I reckon there'll be a bit of nervousness because Monday is the uh, the rest day and all the COVID tests. So a lot of people will be trying to get the yellow jersey on their back by uh, the end of Sunday night, I would think. Yeah, well, that that's certainly been a theory thrown around, isn't there? That, you know, like... Would it be worth having the yellow jersey early on in case the race got stopped? But uh, like you say, if he, today, also the the GC guys have had had a number of easy days, and as you know, I say easy. I don't use that word lightly, but easy easy for them in a sense. Uh, so I don't imagine there'll be big time differences today amongst the GC guys. Uh, but as you get through today, tomorrow, two tough days, then then Sunday there's going to be some fatigue, and yeah, that climb is. Grand Columbia is, it's a monster of a climb. So that's where you're going to see the, the big differences and you're going to see the GC guys um, throwing the kitchen sink at each other to try to, to, try to get that time gap. Uh, and then you take the, take the momentum into the rest day. Uh, and then, yeah, I think on, on Monday, you guys will be able to do a show and and you might have a better idea of, of what's going to happen come Paris uh, with the GC. Um, Bules, did you find the level when, when you're riding the tour was that little bit harder, a little bit more intense, or with the whole COVID interrupted lead up, it was similar to other grand tours that you've done? Um, I think it's definitely faster. Uh, and when I, when I say faster, I just mean faster in, in all senses, you know, like the sprints are a little bit faster. Um, when the breakaway's away, the bunch, the bunch and the breakaway are just riding a little bit faster. Uh, in terms of intensity and, and difficulty, I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, I don't. I, I think you know. I've done Giro's before, and that have been. You know, I think back to the 2015 Giro, which was the year that we did that Lean on Me uh, backstage <laughs> pass. That was for me. That's still the hardest Grand Tour I've ever done. Uh, but yeah, the, the certainly the, the Tour de France is. Everybody's there, at there at their peak um, or as good as they can be given the circumstances this year. Whereas people go to the Giro and, and you know, often you see, you see sprinters go to the Giro and stop after 10 days so they can go to the tour or use it as preparation for other things. So, yeah, I think definitely it's a faster race. Um, and the way the tour started this year, uh, sort of like not really traditional in, in the sense that it was basically into the mountains straight away, mate. Made it made it a lot harder. Uh, people were already pretty fatigued. Come stage three or four, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I was feeling alright. I, I was. I wouldn't say I was at my top top condition when I arrived there, um, but I was. I was certainly feeling better and better each day. And uh, I think, you know, I was feeling very confident that come the second second and third week, I would have been able to to be contributing to hopefully some stage victories for the guys. So. Um, well, as as George said, you're you're probably going to have that stage sixteen shocker, but stage 18, 19, when Bewley comes back and he's in the front group, um, you would have lit it up for sure at that back those last couple of stages, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, stage sixteen is always a bit of an anomaly for me. Uh, yeah, I've had some rough stage sixteens, Jonesy, but won't <laughs> be uh, too bad this year. Now, I was going to ask you, Bills, um, what do you think of uh, Mark Hershey? Oh, he's a freak, isn't he? So he was like in a different stratosphere yesterday. He's, he's showing already on day two when he was uh, when he followed Alaphilippe up, up cold ears and then he went close again on um, stage nine before the rest day there. And then yesterday he was – I was watching the stage and we obviously had a couple of guys on the front and, you know, Jack Bauer and Chris Jensen, those guys, half the time they don't know how strong they are, but they are they are strong, strong men. And they were they were pulling as hard as they possibly could because we had Lucas still in the group uh, and no other sprinters there. So it would have been a great stage for him. Um, and they and I was just watching them pulling, knowing how hard they were pulling, and I was watching the time gap go up. And I was just like, this guy is unbelievable. And he's a young dude. It's it's, it's the new cycling if he like. People yeah, used to say, you know, when you're at, you hit thirty or whatever, you, you that's your peak of peak of your career physically. But it seems like 
I might be 13 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bills, we, we've been uh, plugging the Social Distance podcast a fair bit on this show and Matty Keenan's been getting behind it, but must have been a pretty proud moment. It's the fact that it went to number one on the, on the Kiwi charts. Um, how did you react when you saw the news, mate? Mate, it was the highlight of my day, I tell you that much, because <laughs> I, I was sitting on a train Busted up, feeling like shit. <laughs> Sad. There was nothing was going that well for me at that point, to be honest. And I, uh, I thought, oh, I'll better I'll check the charts, and uh, it really sort of lifted the spirits. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I got to Narbonne. I had a forty-five minute uh, wait in Narbonne to get on the train to Girona, so I treated myself to a little beer there just to celebrate. Um, do, you, do you find that there's a big shift now, like with social media? Like you, you go back even when you first started writing. You know, Twitter wasn't prevalent. There was Facebook and that. But your narrative—you've got a lot more control as a bike rider now to what goes out to the masses. Do you find that riders are sort of wanting to control it a lot more? Yeah, um, I, I, we definitely do have more control because, <clears throat> yeah, like you say, when social media wasn't around. Um, the media would would create the stories, uh, but now the bike riders have the have the opportunity to create the stories and to share their thoughts and and um, all that stuff on on whatever it may be. At the same time, it, it can also be <laughs> in the if, yeah, if you're not careful. <laughs> uh, but I think also social media is like I've sort of embraced it a, a little bit more over, over the, the past few months. I, I was always using it, but never to the, to the same point as I am now, I suppose, because I think uh, there's so many characters out there. People, you know, bike riders have personalities. They're not just boring uh, guys. And, you know, when you, sometimes journalists, they, ask the same, they just ask the same questions and you can only mm. get the same answer. But with social media, you can actually express yourself a little bit differently and yeah. show that we, we actually have personalities. And, and uh, so that's what I, I sort of try to use it for, is show that, you know, I'm, I'm a normal guy. Um, I'm also interested in other things outside of bike riding and, uh, you know, try to express my personality a little bit more with through through it with stupid you, cooking shows. Yeah. Do you find that um, there is a good relationship with, with cyclists and, and journalists as a whole? Do you think there's that mutual respect there? Yeah, I think so. I think so now. I think more so than there used to be because we've, we're certainly um, – quite far we're quite separated from from i guess what you call the dark days now mm. um so there, there's none of that crap in the media anymore and i mean there was there wasn't a hell of a lot of uh, content for the for the journalists throughout the COVID period so there were some pretty weird things going on in, in the in the in the journalism world but uh yeah i i do think now that you know and, and the longer you the longer you're around, you, you sort of start to develop relationships with journalists, and, and you, you know the familiar faces, and they understand you, and you understand them. So there's definitely a, 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 a respect there now, and um, I think yeah, like you say, what what we're talking about with the social media is that they get a better idea about who you are and, and what you think about things, and, and whether or not you're opinionated or not, or uh, intelligent or not, <laughs> and um, and yeah, and, and better stories can be be created. Now we're getting some uh, messages that it's just lighting up. Uh, this is from Jane Walter. It says, "Jonesy, you need a more colourful shirt, son. Say hi uh, to my do." And they go, "Say hi to my son." Cheers, Kenny. I'm on the old yeah. South phone. I, I, I just had a message. I just had a message from Dad saying, "Say hi to Jonesy. He needs a more colourful shirt." That's yeah. Jane, that's Dad's uh, missus. And then, uh, I'm on the old trout's phone. What a legend. Uh, Caroline Harbeck is a big fan of the team. I'm sure you'll get another crack at the Tour de France, Sam. Now, a uh, good mate of ours, Ryan McMillan. Does Sam utilise uh, such things as hyperbaric treatment or any other treatments to speed up uh, your recovery? No idea what hyperbaric treatment is, so no. Jerry Ryan makes the uh, big hyperbaric chambers, mate. You should uh, know more about it. All oh, right. Sorry, <laughs> uh, we can't edit that out. It's live, buddy. <laughs> um, and Ian Thomas wants to know, what's on the radar now, Sam, or will that depend on how you heal? Yeah, good question. Um, uh, yeah, it will depend on how I heal. And I, I spoke briefly with Whitey last night about um, – 
what's going to happen going forward. Uh, I basically, I said to Whitey, I, I need a few days. I'd just like to, to sort of be away from it for a few days, uh, not, not think too much about it, just uh, kind of relax a little bit now. And, but the, yeah, the, the issue is, is certainly yeah, how quickly I heal. Um, how quick hey, I can get hang it. on, I just had an idea. You've broken your arm. You can win Roubaix. 2016. You're, you're not the first one to say that. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just got to wait and see what the how you yeah. feel and, and what the program well, well, is. And, and the, the big issue, the big issue is that the with the season being so condensed, there's actually not that long to go in the season. Yeah. You know, like we're only really looking at. I mean, it's a couple of months until the season's finished, but that's that's when the welter finishes. So it's only five weeks until the welter starts. Um, so whether or not that would be a realistic golf, I don't know. Uh, the classics are even sooner. The Giro is only a few weeks away, so that's definitely off the card. So, yeah, that's going to be the, the tricky part of the puzzle is trying to work out. I mean, I certainly think I'll be ready to race uh, so, sort of in five or six weeks' time. But as to what's on, then is going to be is going mm. to be the tricky part. Well, I got a quick little story for you, Bules. Um, <laughs> I know I know they were a bit tougher back in my day, but in 1968, a guy named Hilton Clark, the monster, rode uh, was riding the kilo at, at Mexico, and he fell and almost the same injury you as you broke the the radius. So he got them to set his arm in the plaster on the angle so he could hold the handlebars. And a week later, he rode the kilo and finished sixth in the kilo, breaking the Australian record, rode a one-sixth. Just to let you know. Yeah. There's some hope. <laughs> there you go. It can be done. I I actually did a – I think I said already in the show, but, yeah, I had a similar injury uh, a couple of years ago. And you, you can do it. Well, I think once – as long as you, you haven't got any pain um, and you got your cast on, I, I mean, it's, it's here in here in Spain. They're still pretty old school, so they put one of those like plaster of Paris or whatever you call it. Those old crappy casts, you know, ones where you, if you get them wet, they bloody fall off. Um, so that's actually works to my advantage. Once I get back on the road, I can sort of wet the wet the hand a bit and manipulate the cast a little bit, so I can hold the handlebar and I'll be back. Hopefully, back on the road in a couple of weeks. Don't know if I'll be riding any one hundred six kilos though. Iffy. Those days are gone. Is is there anyone that's in Girona now that's not racing that you can catch up with for your mental yeah. health? Yeah, Durbo's here. So Durbo actually, um, as as you know, Jonesy and Iffy, one of the bloody best blokes in the world, he um, he came and picked me up from the train station, even though I live about 400 metres from the train station. Um, oh, what a he, bloke. He drove, he drove over and, and picked me up and gave me a, a ride home. So that was awesome of him. And then, I caught up with him and him and his wife Lara for uh, for dinner that night, and then yeah, yesterday uh, had lunch with the girls. Most of the guys are away, other than Durbo, but I had lunch with with the girls, and uh, you know they they're bloody they're all bloody legends, you know, giving me little gifts and cuddles, and you know, so that was yeah. Oh, well, not cuddles actually. We're not allowed in COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a few people around that are that are looking out for me, which is nice. No, it's a good support network there in Girona. Now, before we go, we've got I've got some clips I want to show the punters from when we went to Rotorua uh, in 2015. We, we got up some good shenanigans then. But before we do, John, we should say a cheerio to our sponsors, uh, Lexus of Blackburn. Yes, and of the Moore family, great, great partners uh, in cycling, sponsors of the Bay Crits and also uh, the women's Herald Santura. And uh, Jack Fowler, first ever yellow jersey in the tour in the in the sun tour uh first stage winner of the sun tour jack's got a good run on this show um, he has a great man. Um, and also mitchelton don't forget our friends at mitchelton john the mitchelton winery that's the beautiful mitchelton hotel uh, uh, in mitchelton winery at Nagambi on the beautiful uh goulburn river so as soon as the lockdown unlocks first place book a holiday at the mitchelton hotel and our mates at let's go Let's go. Yes, let's go, camper vans. Seriously, let's go motorhomes. If you, uh, as soon as this lockdown's over, um, you can get one. Now, there's a special, early bird special. It's still, we're still plugging that. 90 days, you book 90 days in advance, you get a 5% discount. But we've got a competition running at the moment. So for the yes. best questions, good That's questions right. today as well. So the best question gets a week's 
uh, hire of a, a Let's Go Motorhome. So uh, uh, Andrew will uh, hook you up on that. And also uh, a box of beautiful Mitchelton Shiraz. Um, Yes. Oh, I wouldn't mind some of that right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about the hyperbaric chamber, the, the yeah. old red, red wine. Does Jerry um, watch this? Does Jerry watch this show? He does. He, lo- he, he loves he, it. If you're, right, yeah, you're listening right now, so you can say hello. I'll send you my address, Jerry. <laughs> uh, and here's a quick word from our mates at Bike Exchange. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike isn't just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Now, as I was saying earlier, in 2015, I got the opportunity to go to Sam Bewley's hometown. It's also Julian Dean's hometown uh, and Craig Geeter, the mechanic. And uh, that was one of the best weeks. I remember we just crammed uh, stuff to do in every single day. So I want to play the first clip, uh, which was when Bewley introduced us to his local milk bar. And then we had one of the traditions where we threw uh, coins to the to the locals uh, that they call the penny divers. Here we are outside Springfield Superette. Wanted to get a few characters in town, and my mate Raj in here. He's before before Twitter and Facebook and Rotorua. We had Raj. You go and you tell him something. The rest of Rotorua know, so it's going to give him a wind up. Raj, something, mate. Hey, Junior Rowdy Bully. How are you? There's Raj. I've loved saving people, you know, from knowing the little kids to seeing them grow, grow to uni, coming back, the mothers that come in during the day, you know, get their shopping tits and bits uh, to the grannies that come, want to do their postings, you know. So what's some of your best specials, Raj? Like, if I want a bargain, what are we going to look for in here? I don't do a surcharge for the service that I provide. <laughs> That's for serious. Hey, Raj, what's the deal with the big winner sold here? Well, in June of this year, we sold a big, huge ticket was to a local family and it was for $24.3 million. Can you give us their address because I need a new car? Absolutely. In fact, they're open for charities. Almost open like us, all ours. You think they don't pay mechanics well enough? Geeks are rolling around in a beamer. This is a, this is a pretty, pretty famous in Rotorua. The old penny diver's been here for as long as I can remember. 20 years or more. Chuck some coins in the river. Obviously I don't give them back though. Oh, I don't know notes though. I got an FPOS card? Yeah. You got the machine or? It was just a little sample, but the the big um, adrenaline thing we did, Bills, was when we went rafting, and I remember they were saying, "Ah, you know, it's the what was it, the biggest free drop that you can do commercially in the world." Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And and this was the photo when we went down, and you were strapped up with your Orica Greenwich. Now, be honest, were, were you packing bricks at this point? Nah. No way. Look like right, Billy's face there. You are holding on. Maybe I was. Uh, classic fear uh, for your life. Now, I've got um, the moment that we went down the drop. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty scary stuff. But you you actually went back, Bills, like three weeks a, later or whatever. Yeah, I've done it a, a few times. A mate of mine owns Rotor Rafting there, and um, yeah, I've done it. I've done it quite a few times actually. Now it's bloody good fun. But we yeah we, we had a pretty gnarly trip the the following year. We went with uh, my dad and a couple of mates uh, just before I went back to Europe and. Yeah, it was it was a that was actually a pretty gnarly one. We flipped it flipped it on the waterfall there. Um, yeah, a number of other things. When we actually swam one of the waterfalls as well. Probably should be careful what I say, but yeah, it was it was a it was it was a gnarly trip. But it's so much fun. I, I love it. Love it. And uh, obviously with COVID, what's the go? Do you think you'll be able to get back um, at the end of the year, or what's you probably just have to stay in Europe? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could go back for sure, um, but it would just mean obviously quarantining for two weeks in a, in a hotel, which I'd have to pay for myself. Um, uh, I know mum's watching the show, so <laughs> won't give away. I can't. I'd love to see my mum, so we'll have to. Don't she's, know she's, she's left a comment. Share the yeah, Shiraz with mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, I love to. Uh, I always love to go back to New Zealand and share a beer with dad and share a wine with mum. So we'll have to we'll have to have a look. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a forever evolving situation. This COVID and, and the travel restrictions and things. So at the moment, it's a bit too hard to plan. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next next month or two, whether I can get get back there or not. Yep. And uh, is Rich? Oh no, sorry, wrong one. Rick Trevorrow says, "Good on you, Sam. Great insights. Quick re- recovery to you." Get on the, uh, I think that's meant to be Zwift and Roubaix, here you come. So there's a lot of support there. Uh, and then someone else, uh, Mark said, I remember trying to hang on to Sam's wheel down Beach Road while he was casually texting on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Some, some great go. insights. Yeah. Probably uh, trying to thank- find out where I was going. Yeah. Well, that's been a jam-packed uh, show and we really appreciate you coming on because I think if you didn't, uh, jump on with your good Wi-Fi. If you and I would have really battled to fill <laughs> fill the episode, because uh, we obviously relied on Whitey. But uh, so, who's your final selections for the stage, Ify? Uh, I'm going to go with Roglic, but but my outside is uh, uh, Nievi, Mikel, yep. Mikel Nievi. Yeah. Okay. And and who do you reckon will win the stage tonight, Bills? Uh, I reckon. I don't know. I don't know. Should back one of my teammates, eh? So we'll yeah, go. Chavez. We'll go with Chavez. We'll go with Chavez. All right, I'm on. I'm on Chavez. So yeah, uh, yeah. fingers crossed. It's, uh, was, it's we'll be celebrating. I, I was chatting to him this morning. Actually, I said that I was going to watch the stage with my Colombian football shirt on. So maybe hey, you I've do, got, the, do the I'll same. Do the same. I'll do the same. We'll yeah. uh, and they're the lucky jersey. So we only bust those out when he's upski. So exactly. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, as we always so, uh, say, search the Detour podcast in YouTube and on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Detour pod. Anything you want to add before we go, Ify? No, no. Great stuff. Good on you, Sammy. And uh, uh, we'll talk to you next week, mate. Thanks, yeah. mate. I'll be and, around. Uh, that's right. Special comments, mate. You you had the uh, apprenticeship all those years ago with the Lego, so it's going to serve you well. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you again tomorrow at 7.30, Australian Eastern Standard Time, for a preview on Stage 14. See you then.